when you're in that place where you're putting little seeds every single day, conscious decision to make a change, even though you cannot see it, that is where the magic happens. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Manifesting Money Podcast. My name is Anita Aguilar. I am your host, as well as a money mindset coach, a manifesting expert, and so are you, and I'm going to show you how, and the CEO of a multi-million dollar company, Changing Manifestation. This podcast's purpose is to bring massive consciousness around the world of money manifestation, and we want to share our stories to truly help you understand that money is just energy. It's an unlimited resource that you can tap into at any given point in time. The way that you feel about money is how it shows up for you. So if you have the limiting belief that you have to work super hard for money, this podcast is for you. I'm going to be sharing the things that I personally learned the hard way, but I'm also going to be sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and stories of those who truly healed their relationships with money and have mastered attracting abundance. Now, without further ado, let's get right to it. Low bit of a souls. Welcome back to the Manifesting Money Podcast. I am super happy and grateful that you are tuning in today. If you are a new listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are a long-term listener, welcome back. And a reminder that your likes and subscribes to the podcast help us get this message out to as many people as possible. Okay, without further ado, I'm going to get right into our testimony for the week from Leslie Diaz. So this testimony reads that I also wanted to share two wins, which I'm feeling weird sharing money. I know that's a whole part of this chat and being vulnerable, but I'm working on it. And I know this win will encourage people about releasing the thought of the how. What helped me was releasing the how. I literally trusted the universe supports me and that the how is not my job, all caps. Anywho, for anyone who doesn't know, I have a short-term rentals, so a big site I use is Airbnb, and I was not booked for all of January, and I was getting really, really stressed as I was starting this prog- this program, but I kid you not, I am fully booked out until February 3rd, and it's been 100% occupied at my ideal rate because I let go. I forgave myself. I felt emotions so hard that I was shaking in my boots. And then decided that I'm deserving of a fully booked month. Woohoo! We are celebrating you, Leslie. I've read a couple testimonies and breakthroughs from her from the past couple weeks, if you've been tuning into the podcast. But this is somebody who's been in the 13 Days of Abundance and was really, really active within the group, sharing stories, testimony, asking questions. And again, I love working with people like this because the more questions that you ask and the more curious you are, you're getting a really good understanding for yourself. And again, you also are able to help other people have this understanding that money is just energy, not only from the way that you comprehend it, but from your story. So thank you again for submitting this testimony and allowing me sharing it with everybody here on the podcast. It's a really, really big step. And I hope it gives some of you some belief. So as you can see from the title here, this episode is all about how change actually happens. So we're going to be going over three main things, which is one, your environment, two, the people around you, and three, your conscious decisions. If you're new to the podcast, um, this is your fair warning that I have to share stories in order to give you guys lessons because I can't just come on here and say, oh, this is why I know this and, you know, No, I need to tell you what the shiz I had to go through to learn this lesson and me being able to get on here and share this with multiple people, thousands of people listening to this on a daily basis. 
It's my way of gratitude of realizing that I finally learned this lesson and I hope I can help you guys learn it too. So I've been noticing a trend the past couple months, uh, especially when it comes to family and making decisions for myself opposed to what other people think is best for me. If you tuned in to the last podcast episode we put out, I told a story about how I actually moved back home to Nebraska. I'm living with my family. I'm working at a hospital and I'm dedicated of not only getting all of my ducks in a row, but moving back to New York City. It's where I want to build my community. It's where I want to build my friendships. It's where I want to meet the love of my life, which would be awesome if it doesn't happen there. That's okay. But again, I just have this huge calling in my heart to go back to New York. So I'm not just picking a date and going off of it. I'm literally tuning in, sitting down in silence, which if you live at home with either your family or your like siblings or parents or children, you like you know how hard it can be to just find a moment to just be alone and just be still. So prioritizing this time to, to, again, just be alone, sit in silence, and just listen to God, universe, source, to give me the answers of when to go. I heard the date, January 15th. And so what I do when I hear things or I'm, I'm trying to get more clarity of like, are you sure that's the right date? I'll just kind of go through the number. So I'll say January 15th. Then I'll say the 16th or the 17th or the 19th. And if my body has resistance around those other numbers or the other dates or months or years, then that means to me that spirit wants me to come back and really tune in to what feels most in alignment, right? There's nothing valuable about any of these numbers that I'm putting out. They're just dates. Until I realized the date that January 15th is my mom's birthday. And so I tell myself, why would God, universe source, want me to leave my hometown, my mother, which is one of the hardest parts of even going through this transition, on her birthday? It just seems so rude. Luckily for me, she was totally fine with it. Um, I mean, obviously, she didn't want me to leave in general, but if she had to leave, leave, if I had to leave on her birthday, it wasn't a big deal. And so that was one stepping stone. And again, I'm putting get together the pieces of my move, the dates, and just really making a plan and trying to stick to it at the best of my own ability. So it's the middle of winter in January now, and I have a one week left of my job. And the same week that I am leaving this position, there is actually a prom that they're hosting at the hospital. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. It's like my going away party. I get to see everybody outside of the hospital, which is really fun. It reminds me of the military when I would only see people in their or their uh, soldier uniforms and never see them in their civilian. So it's always that kind of exciting feeling when you get to see people not only outside of scrubs, but in just like dressed up attire for this prom. And I was just really excited for it because one, I learned so many lessons when I slowed down, I moved back home, I surrendered to the process. Like I didn't go looking for this job. It found me and I literally got hired the same day and I said, okay, guess I'm working on hospital. 
And I, I'm not one to toot my own horn, <laughs> but I'm telling you, every single person in this hospital was just so appreciative of me. They showed me so much love. They genuinely like just loved when I was around. Everybody wanted to know when I was working. And I just loved the environment so much. And I missed it so much, especially being an entrepreneur when you feel like you're alone <laughs> most of the time. I didn't realize how much I was missing that uh, element of a community. So fast forward again, same week, there's this prom and my mom, obviously, she wants me to be the most safe decisions that I can do, right? And the weather is just not, it's just not looking good this week. I mean, it's snowing and then it's like windy and now it's rainy. So there's like sleet and ice on the ground and it's just not a good picture so anyway I ended up staying at my sister's the night before the prom simply because I did I knew the roads were going to be bad I didn't want to drive at night but then last minute I wanted to go home and get my makeup <laughs> because I didn't have my makeup for this prom but the only reason why I was avoid going home because I knew my mom was going to tell me don't drive on that road Anita don't go there don't do it this way and I just didn't listen to that voice in my head at all so anyway I'm driving back to my mother's to get my makeup and the roads were fine. They were clear. There was no ice on them. The sun was out. But there was one problem. There was so much wind. And this wind is just blowing the snow everywhere. Like, I, like it's cornfields, like to the right, to the left of me. There's literally nothing holding back the snow. And so I'm on a highway where you can either go north or you can go south. And there's only two sides of the road. And I'm driving super slow again because I can't really see anything. And I come up to this part where it actually turns into a one way because there's a huge snow drift. And luckily for me, there was a truck coming on the other side, but they stopped and they slowed down and they let me pass, right? But it was literally feet where you had to like stop and like, oh, there's a truck right there. So I was like, whew, okay, made it through there. I keep driving and there's another drift and there's a car. And this car is not slowing down. I can see its headlights. It's literally coming right toward that drift. And like now looking back, I'm like beating myself up. up, up. Like I wish I would have honked. I wish I would have said something. And honestly, I was just fully prepared. Like I just went into like, I don't want to say freeze mode, maybe fawn. Um, and I just grabbed the steering wheel and I said, okay. They're going to hit me. There's nothing I can do about it. There's snow on the right. There's a drift to the left. There's nothing I can do. And I just had this moment of like surrender. And this car just goes right into the drift, like kind of hits the drift and there's snow flying all over my windshield. Um, And I'm not closing my eyes, but I feel like I'm like squinting and closing my eyes, but I'm not. And I keep driving. And they missed me. And I look back and they're in the drift and I'm like debating, should I go back? But there was another, it's not a construction truck or something, but one of those trucks with the, the yellow lights. <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about. They're like right behind them. And so I can see them assisting it and they have a truck too. So it's like way more help than I could be. So I keep driving and honestly, I felt really calm. I was like, breathing my nervous system wasn't out of whack until I got home and realized like 
I was just really angry at my mom for some reason. Like I was just really, really angry at my mom. And I come in the house and I'm like, don't say it. Don't say it. I'm so dramatic. I'm like crying. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? I was like, I almost got in a wreck, but don't say you shouldn't have done that. Because I just feel like every single time that I do something against the little voice that she has in my head (laughs) that it's always this extreme of Anita why did you do that why did you do that and that voice travels on to myself so even if it's something small like I just spill a drink of water or like oh like just those little tiny things of frustration and sometimes we do it we're like we're genuinely like just kidding and we're doing it to kind of get a reaction and it's more like subconscious like habit of saying those things but now I'm super conscious even with like my nieces and nephew like if they spill something or they have an accident or they make a mistake I try not to have an initial reaction of like or frustration or um, anything loud at that because I know how much of an effect it has on my nervous system. So anyway, I come to the house and I am just like now starting to cry. And I'm like, I almost got in a wreck. Yeah. And I was just more upset that she was right. She was right. I shouldn't have been driving on that road. Yes, I was driving slow, but now I'm not going to be able to go to the prom. I know what she's going to tell me. Like, you can't, you can't go back there. And I am just distraught. Like, I'm just having a breakdown because I was really looking forward to this. It's like my goodbye. It's also like my appreciation to all the people who have helped me in the past six months that I was there. And I'm just making a really big deal out of this. So I go upstairs, I put my dress on, (laughs) I'm making some little videos and I'm just really trying to process this. I'm like, should I go? Should I not go? Should I go? Should I not go? And so I'm telling all my friends, you know, about the um, accident I was almost in. I'm also telling them that I might not be able to go, but I just felt this big pull. Like I just, everything in me was like pulling me of like, I think I can do it. I think that I can do it. And honestly, if it was full body, like Anita, don't put yourself in that situation. I would be like, nah, I'm not even going to think about it. But I just had such a pull to follow through with this prompt. Again, it's so funny that this is about a prom for a freaking (laughs) 28-year-old. But again, when you have a desire and you have a will and you have, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe determined? Maybe that's the word I'm looking for? Um, It will make you move mountains to get to where you're trying to go. Again, in this scenario, it was literally moving snow. So I told myself, okay, I'm going to watch the roads. I know they're like plowing the roads right now. It's like early in the morning and the prom's not till tonight. And I'm just going to play it by ear. Okay, I'm literally going to play it hour by hour, minute by minute, and just see how it plays out. And I know you listening to this right now, you are either maybe in this situation right now where you can't physically look too much further because maybe some of the decisions that you're going to make depend on what happens within the next few days or so. Again, I've noticed that in the, uh, my community with people not only online, but in my physical reality and their decisions solely depend on whether they get a job or not or whether someone else makes a decision or whether they get paid and when you are in those moments where you have to you're forced to sit minute by minute day by day it is such a valuable place 
to reprogram your nervous system to know that no matter what, if it works out the way that you want it to or it doesn't, that you are going to be okay. So that's what I did. I literally just sat there. I was like, oh, okay, well, what do I really want about this, right? Well, I like to get dressed up. Well, maybe I can still get dressed up. So I do my hair, my makeup. I put my dress on just to like pass the time. And eventually I make the decision that I'm going to leave the house around this time. I'm going to try to go on the road. And if it's not good, then I'll turn back. I know what you're thinking, Anita, no, don't do it, don't do it. And my mom is full acceptance right now because, again, they have plowed the roads and things are better. But I end up going on this road and it's just still windy. And I get on there and I said, immediately turn back around. I said, nope, nope, not putting myself through that. But I'm so glad that I tried. And then in that moment, I hear, try a different road try a different road, try a different road. And I'm like, uh, okay. And so I ended up taking the the highway, it's not the highway, the freeway instead of the highway. And again, I am taking my chances because I'm like, oh my gosh, if I go this way and it's not any better, then there's going to be more cars and it's going to be even harder. Anyway, so I listen to this little voice. I get on the freeway And it's completely clear. I can see the road. Yes, the wind is blowing and there's some snow blowing, but it actually looked so beautiful. Again, I can see everything. There's some cars on the freeway. The road is completely clear. There's no snow on it. There's no ice. And in this moment, I just want to cry because it looked like heaven. I kid you not. It literally looked like heaven. It looked like like I was in a cloud because the snow was like like drifting ever so lightly and the sun is shining like so beautifully and it just looked so beautiful guys so one I'm just happy tears gratitude that I'm safe I'm okay two I'm happy I get to go to my prom (laughs) I'm like really happy about this and then three is just following through like I've been in so many moments like this this is literally just one of many stories I have that are very similar to this of what it's like to follow through to the full extent and I find myself getting really resentful and angry with people who aren't exhausting all different options and again this isn't to make a podcast to tell you to go on a dangerous road and you know that your challenges always have to like be so life like threatening but I really like have to ask you like are you exhausting all of the different avenues because in this moment I heard God tell me I paved this road just for you like metaphorically and reality like I paved this road just for you think about it. There's like snow plows and these people have probably been out for over 24 hours because there's a storm and they're paving the roads and they got to make sure that people can get to where they're going. And I just have this huge analogy of like, maybe this is what it's like all the time. (laughs) And God is literally paving the way for me just like a snowplow. Like they did that just for me to get to my destination. 
So fast forward, I get to the prom. I have an amazing time. I have so much fun. I see everybody in their dresses. I have really good food. I get home safely. I get a ride and I stay in town. I don't go back on the road. And I just had so much gratitude in this moment. So fast forward, now I am in San Francisco right now. I do owe you guys a story of why I'm here, and I don't know how long I'm going to be here. That'll be a different episode. But now we're coming back to a very similar situation where my twin sister and I, we plan to go to this church. And the night before that Saturday, we didn't go out. We don't didn't go get drinks or go get dinner or go get like have fun. We were both just kind of tired and we were like, oh, you know, we're getting up early so we can go to this church. So the person who invited us is no longer going. They're like, oh, there's a big rainstorm and we're not going to go out to this church. And immediately my sister's like, oh, dang it, we're not going to go. So, you know, kind of bummed because I woke up early, but she's like fully accepted that we're not going. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, well, can we still go? (laughs) And again, she's here thinking very logistically and smart and, you know, not that I'm not smart, but, you know, there's just so much in me where I'm like, it's very familiar feeling. It's a very familiar feeling. And so I'm not even getting up or getting ready or anything. I'm still like laying in bed. And my sister and I are just kind of like, well, now what do we do? Okay, let's go get some breakfast. Okay, we can, you know, go down here. It's down the street. It's not raining over here very bad. And then we have about 20 minutes before we would have to leave if we were going to go in order to make the metro and make it to the all the other, to the way other side of San Francisco, not Oakland, but the other side of the peninsula. Um, to get to this church. And so it's like a 40-minute commute. And uh, I got this feeling. I hate this feeling. I have a love-hate relationship with this feeling. Um, I just wish that I could like trust it a lot faster because it always seems to happen very last minute. Anyway, so I get this feeling uh, and I'm like, uh, I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. Like everything in this in me is telling me I have to at least try to go. It was the same feeling that I felt about the freaking prom. <laughs> so anyway, I look at my sister. We maybe have 15 minutes to get ready if I do, or I have 15 minutes to get ready if I do go. And I said, I'm going to go. You don't have to go with me, honestly. I would prefer if you didn't go with me, but I got to go. And then she just looks at me. She turns to me. She's like, I'm very upset about this, but I'm coming with you. And I was like, okay. She said she's coming with me. I'm not going to talk out of her. Let's just go. And then boom, we just both got up super fast and we start getting her hair and makeup and we, you know, get the clothes on that we're going to wear that we prepped the night before, doing our hair and makeup, getting some food in our stomach before we get on this uh, metro and, you know, trying to check the weather and we're just boom. Okay, go. (laughs) And so within maybe 20 minutes, we're a little bit behind schedule. We get out the door and we're walking to the metro and the bus that takes us to the metro was not coming anytime soon. So we ended up walking, which isn't bad. Okay, I have my coat on. I got I got a hat on. It's lightly raining out. And then we get to the metro. We're making good time. We're making good time. But by the time that we got out of the metro <laughs> on the other side of San Francisco, it was 
raining so hard like a freaking tropical like storm and we miss our freaking stop so now we have to go backtrack my sister's umbrella breaks and now she's like soaking wet and now we're kind of late i mean it's not that bad maybe a couple like 10 15 minutes but still we're like gosh we're gonna miss (laughs) this the whole reason why we came out here and then again we're just walking pouring rain and like there's branches like you know that are falling okay maybe that's a little dramatic but you know there's leaves and the rain is just in the puddles that are coming up from people who are driving by and we just say fuck it well I say fuck it and I said I'm gonna run (laughs) so I just start running and my sister starts running and I'm like in this limbo of like do I wait for her do I hurry and I'm kind of like in the middle of both uh obviously I want to make sure that she makes it there safely too but yeah And we finally make it to this church and we are soaking wet. When I tell you guys like every single piece piece of clothing on my body was so wet. I'm so lucky that my phone and my Bible and my other stuff was okay. And we make it in there and they're like singing one of my favorite Christian songs. And it was just this moment of like, oh, this message better be good. Otherwise, you know, what did we do this for? Which is just kind of a joke. But honestly, in that moment, I was just like, I'm so happy to be here. Like every single fiber in my body was telling me to follow through. And yes, this example is about church. Like in my last example, I talked about God. But, you know, I just genuinely believe that each and every single one of us have these moments. So whether you resonate with the story because it is with a certain religion or you're resonating with it because I'm talking about God or maybe you're resonating because I'm talking about the universe and spirit. I believe in everything. I believe that we are so connected to the things that we cannot tangibly see. So for me to be there in that moment and just hear the person on stage said, I could not not be here today. That's like the words that they said. And I was like, ooh, that resonated. That resonated. Because that's what I felt in my spirit too. Like I had to follow through. So fast forward, we get our coffee, we get some donuts, we talk to somebody after the church. And it's actually someone that my sister had already had dinner with. What the heck? And she thought I was my twin. So when I said hi to her, she was like, I already know you. (laughs) But she didn't because it was me. So it was this really cute full circle moment. And then my sister and I, we go to get some breakfast. And now it's just like shining. The rain is like gone. The sun is out. And it's like super, not upsetting, but it's like very like... The Lord really put me through the ringer for like, what reason, bro? And yes, I do talk to God like that because he's my homie. He's literally my friend. Like, if I'm mad at you, I'm going to tell you. I have a quick question for you. Are you somebody who is conscious and aware of the law of attraction manifestation, but for some reason, you just don't know how to do it with money? Maybe you've even tried some techniques and tricks that you learned on TikTok or social media, But again, there's still this block of knowing that it's 10 times harder to do it with money. What if I told you that there is an easier way? What if I told you that there is a simple process that you can use not only when you're in a financial bind and you get an unexpected bill, desire that's causing a time crunch with your money manifestation, but also a skill set. 
a system that you can use over and over and over again to apply your money manifestations. The reason why I'm asking you this is because we started this community four years ago and it all started with a three-day workshop. And for the very first time on this podcast, in this community, in our coaching programs, we are giving our viral three-day manifesting money workshop away for free. Yep, yep, yep. If you're already part of our community, you know how big this is. This workshop has impacted over 3,000 people, just teaching them the simple steps of how to manifest money. But our goal this year is to get this workshop out to over 100,000 people. The reason being is because your testimonies is helping us build the belief that this is possible for anyone and that this work does not discriminate. So regardless of your race, your gender or religion, I promise you that this workshop is going to help you build a skill set of learning how to manifest money on demand. So you can find this free resource in the link in my bio, and I expect to see your name not only in my emails, but also in my Instagram so we can share your testimony. So get this free resource down below. And without further ado, let's get back to the episode. So yeah, that is my inspiration for this podcast episode today and just catching you all up with things that have been happening in my life and the downloads that come with it. So the biggest inspiration for this podcast episode, again, is to talk about change. So as I talk about these three things that are essential when you are making change, I am going to refer back to these moments in the stories and hope that you can relate with things that are happening in your current reality. So the first thing that I want to talk about right now is your environment. Your environments play such a big part in your manifestations because of what you're seeing and experiencing on a continuous basis. So your environment, your safe place where you live, your workplace, the people that you see on a consistent basis, the amount of people that you see on a consistent basis, and whether or not you are living where your subconscious beliefs were actually picked up. We love to educate our community on is that your subconscious beliefs create 95% of your reality. And 5% of your reality is based off your conscious beliefs, your conscious decisions. And little baby Mia is ripping something up right now. Um, Mia, please don't do that. Thank you. So your conscious beliefs, again, create 5% of your reality. Like you going to a store, should I get mustard or the ketchup, whatever kind of decision you want to make in that moment. But that is only creating 5% of your reality. 95% of your reality is based off you going to that same store, going to go get your ketchup, and then, oh, look, they have M&Ms oh, look, there's a sale here. And then you find yourself at the checkout line paying $20 more than you expected because of your unconscious habits. I'm going to come back to conscious decisions because it's the main point of change and how it really makes a difference. But right now, again, I'm talking about your environment. Your environment plays such a big role in your unconscious habits. So think about it. If you are still living in the same town that you grew up in, right, which is so nostalgic when you do get that time to leave and then come back, 
But you're going back to these places that from the ages zero to seven years old, you were picking up all of your habits. Just being in that environment, it can feel like you never left. It can feel like you're going back to old habits. You can feel more triggered. And it's simply because, again, the mind has picked up so many unconscious habits at those particular ages so that it's actually 10 times harder for us to not only expand our consciousness, but to reprogram our subconscious beliefs when we are in the same environment. Now, I'm very grateful for this community and this platform to have a podcast and reach so many people from so many different places. But I also want to acknowledge that there's so many listeners who are coming from way different countries. Maybe you're someone who your parents migrated from a different country to the US, or maybe you're still in a different Uh, country and just things are completely different from where you're listening, you'll notice when you either go to different countries or sometimes even different states, if you're somebody who's in the US, that things are different. Like things are different. Nobody is saying that things are different. It's just something you specifically notice either again about the culture, about um What are people dressing like? What is the price of things? What are the things that are advertised? So for example, I'm in California right now and everything is advertised about health conscious decisions. Like instead of soda, they have sparkling water everywhere. There is Trader Joe's on almost every five mile radius opposed to the super saver that I would go to in my hometown. So just being conscious and aware of how things are subconsciously different, right? Again, nobody's saying that this is different. You're just noticing it from getting out of your comfort zone in your physical environment. And this can also apply to your workplace as well, right? Maybe you're somebody who's always had jobs that didn't require a lot of qualifications. They just required your time. They required your energy. And they just pretty much needed someone to fill in the position. But when you make the shift to going after something where you actually have to be more qualified, maybe even more educated. You have to be more comfortable working in a fast-paced environment. It stretches you simply because you're in a different environment. Now, none of this is to say that you need to make a move in order to change, right? You don't have to physically move out of your apartment, change your job right away. But it is here to inform you on the magic, the actual magic that is happening when you do get out of your comfort zone, right? When you feel that pull and you're ready and every single fiber in your body says go, know that it's not just you making a selfish decision to go to a different place just because you're uncomfortable. It's really forcing you, again, to figure things out in a different environment, to step into a different version of yourself, and you're no longer going to fall back on those old subconscious habits because you can't. (laughs) They're not there anymore. That's not as comfortable anymore. And so I highly encourage you to look at your environment right now. Think of the things that are really comfortable in this current state, whether it's where you're living or the location that you're in and start to think about the environment that you would want to be in on a consistent basis if you had more money in your life. Second thing that 
really is required for change is the people that you surround yourself with on a consistent basis. And notice how I keep saying that consistent basis every single day, every single week. Who are you communicating with? Who are you seeing? Again, even if you're not talking to this person, or maybe it's, again, the people that are on the street, what are they wearing? What are you seeing in your environment every single day? So for example, let's say if I'm living in a dodgy part of town, I might notice people on the street a lot. I might notice people dress a certain way or holding a lot of things when they're walking places. Like walking is a big one too. Um, and then different parts of the city, I might notice that these people aren't carrying anything, right? They don't have big suitcases or they don't have backpacks. Um, I, I might notice their shoes. I might notice the pace that they're walking at. Now, going back to the work environment, what are some things that you notice about the people in your workspace, right? Are they there because they genuinely want to be there? Are they grateful for their job? And then I'm not here to say that every single person wakes up loving, super grateful to be at work. But on a consistent basis, do they genuinely like what they do? Like, do they find somewhat joy in it? Are they at least content <laughs> with what they do? Or are they resentful? Are they in a place where they genuinely don't want to be there? They're just there for the check. And the reason why I ask this is because that is rubbing off on you. On a subconscious level, again, nobody's actually saying this to you, or maybe they are, that they don't like their environment. And when we are surrounding ourselves with people who are resentful of their situation, it can cause us to really feel shameful about our journey and feel shame around the things that we have or haven't done because we're seeing it from the third eye perspective from other people. So on the flip side of that, right, in a job that's maybe takes a little bit more qualification, you're going to notice people who value long-term results. You're going to notice people who are driven. Maybe they don't really take no for an answer as much, or maybe they're people who are just problem solvers. It's so fun for me to hang out with problem solvers because I love watching the way that their brains operate just from being around them. Of course, it's not our job or responsibility to get validation from external sources, but I am here to tell you that that was actually really, really helpful in my specific journey of just knowing that people talked about manifestation. Like I had so many people thinking that I was local crazy for the longest time until I switched my environments and then it became a new norm. The last thing that we need in order to make change is to make conscious decisions. So three main things. One, change your environment. Two, change the people around you. And three, change your conscious decisions. When people hear about law of attraction, manifestation, they get really excited of like, oh my gosh, yes, I can just manifest everything in my life and I don't have to work as hard. I'm here to tell you that it takes so much work, but not the type of work that you are maybe 
thinking of, right? When we think of work, we're most likely visioning us actively doing something, um, investing time in things, which is true. But the work that you'll be doing when it comes to your money mindset is so intangible. You can't really see it, nor can you see the results right away. And when you're in that place where you're putting little seeds every single day, conscious decision to make a change, even though you cannot see it, that is where the magic happens. So going back to the story here, I made the decision because the regret of not doing it was higher than the fear of actually following through. So it's not that I don't feel scared or, again, fear or um, any feelings of doubt, because I do. And you will always have those type of thoughts that come up. But my question for you is, is the regret more uncomfortable? Because if you're in a place in your life where you're stagnant and you're just hungry for change and it like hurts, you're actually in a very beautiful place because you can transmute that anger, that frustration, and that emotion into something powerful by making a conscious decision to choose again, to choose a different option. So yes, the change is happening for you in this moment, right? But I also want to go back to the story and how I made that conscious decision. And my sister joined me in that. Because a lot of times we think change is going to happen when we're forcing or manipulating things to work out in our favor. But change happens when you make a decision, when you follow through with the things that you said you're going to do, and it is the most magnetic energy because you're either inspiring people to move, showing them that it's possible, or in this example with my sister, she knew that she didn't want me to go alone. Like the, the, the regret of her letting me leave by myself to go to this church by myself was higher than her fear of actually following through and going. So to wrap things up here, I really want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to change your environment. It doesn't have to be this very moment that you're making a big move or super dramatic, but make a change. Make a change in your environment, whether it's your living space, your living situation, the state you're living in, the country you're living in. Do something today that's going to move you toward that shift, whether it's even making a plan or just allowing yourself to dream. What would it look like if I really allowed myself to change my environment? Second challenge is to change the people that you're surrounding yourself with on a consistent basis. So luckily, we live in a world where everything is so accessible to us online. So if you don't have these groups in your current 
reality. Again, you can seek them virtually, social media, in our community, we love having group chats. But again, find this in your physical reality at the best of your ability of surrounding yourself around people who are very expansive thinkers, people who are, again, thinking of the long-term results opposed to the instant gratification. Allow yourself to feel any uncomfortable emotions of what comes up when you go to places where people are a little bit more elevated when the, with, with the way that they dress or maybe the way that they speak, because eventually you are going to pick up those habits as well. And last but not least, make a decision. Make a conscious decision and follow through. I just made a TikTok on this about this very specific topic of how the highest version of yourself is always a version of you that is extremely decisive. You know what you want. You create habits and routines to help you show up on a consistent basis as this highest version of yourself. So that way you don't have to use all of your mental energy of asking yourself, what are you going to dress like today? What are you going to eat today? What type of environment are you going to be in today? You just know that you have these routines of either going to certain workout classes or networking events or trips on a consistent basis because that's what the highest version of yourself does. You don't have to be in limbo of yes or no or should I do it. You have to be extremely decisive of the type of person that you want to be. So make a conscious decision today. Make a conscious decision to change within yourself and watch what happens to the people around you. Watch how you stepping into your light, your power, your intuition is helping other people believe that it's possible for them too. So I'd love to hear from you on Instagram at the Manifesting Money Podcast. Give me a message of what resonated today. But other than that, I will see you on the next episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Manifesting Money Podcast. If this episode resonated with you or shifted your paradigm in any way, shape, or form, please stop what you're doing right now and write us a review. This simple act of kindness helps us get this podcast episode out to as many people as we possibly can. And we also want to know what resonated with you and why. So be sure to join our free Facebook group that you can find in the show notes or tag us on Instagram. Either way, we love when you're in our energy and we love rewarding you for listening to the podcast. When you're ready to truly break down your money blocks and learn how to make money work for you, not the other way around. Go to the show notes and learn how you can work with us and join our community of people who are making massive shifts in their finances. Thanks again for tuning into this episode and we cannot wait to share your testimonies. We'll see you in the next episode.